Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. Um, as we uh, continue to develop our walk with Jesus Christ, I want to tell you that God is in the business of making himself real in people's lives. And if you're here today and you don't normally come to church, then I want to, I want to encourage you to allow God to reveal himself to you and make himself real. Almost everyone in this room has had an experience where Jesus has made himself real. Amen? And uh, he just, he's so good at it, he, 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 will, um, he will bring some nice surprises into your life. So we're going to open the Word this morning and we're going to start uh, today by looking at uh, the subject of navigating through the potholes of your life. How many of you have had a pothole? Whilst driving your car. Alright, I saw someone coming to the car park this morning. Driving in their car. And they, they didn't hit a pothole, they just drove straight over the concrete barrier. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. It's no, no, no barrier. No one's a man in this church. Praise God. <laughs> so so uh, I want to talk about, um, you know, we all have moments in our lives where we come across something unexpected. Nobody ever plans to drive through a pothole. Amen? There's no signs on the road saying, beware pothole around the corner. You come around the corner and there's a pothole and you can't avoid it and you head straight into that pothole. Maybe it's just a tiny one, that's no problem. But some of them aren't so tiny that they can do damage to your undercarriage. And they can do damage to your walk and to your life. And sometimes that damage needs to be assessed. And we need to take some time to see what's happened in our lives when we hit a pothole. You know, when a car hits a pothole, then often it will take the wheels out of alignment. And the only way you're going to get back in alignment is to get it inspected and get a wheel alignment done in order to bring it back. And you know what will happen if you don't? You will start to wear your tires out in funny places. Just like you'll start to wear your life out in funny places if you don't get realigned and if, you're, if you don't come back into a, a right alignment with God within your life, you'll find yourself becoming weary real quick. Is that not true? Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall walk and not faint. They shall run and not grow weary. Amen. And that's what God can do in our life. But we all know, there's nobody in this room that doesn't know what it's like to stumble. We've all stumbled at different points in our life. Right from the book of Genesis, we see that Adam stumbled when his wife convinced him to take part of the fruit that was forbidden by God and the devil whispered in her ear and said, did God really say? And Adam stumbled at that hurdle and he lost a lot within his life. He lost the presence of God. He lost that time of meeting with God in the cool of the breeze. Adam stumbled big time. Right through scriptures, Abraham, Abraham known as the father of faith to us all, he lied to a king and said his wife was a sister, which was a half-truth because she sort of was. 
She was a half sister. If you didn't know that in scripture. And so the king thought she was available. Abraham stumbled. It's not just the little, small, insignificant people. The big, the, the, the hall of famous in scripture. They've all had their moments of hitting potholes in their life that have taken a detrimental effect upon them. Moses killed a man in an argument. God was raising him up to be a great leader. And instead of sorting it out God's way, he sorted it out his way with the arm of the flesh. And he took that man's life. And then he was on the run for 40 years from God, hiding in the back side of the desert. He became a sheep shepherd. He went from being a prince of Egypt to looking after sheep in the desert. Moses stumbled. But in behind the stumble, God is always at work within your heart and within your life. He neither, he neither forsakes you, he neither leaves you, he's always present and he never forgets you. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? That's the grace of God. We forget him. We put him out of mind, but he can never forget you. You're always in his heart. He will never leave you nor forsake you, the scripture says. Elijah ran away from Jezebel. He just experienced a great victory. Slaying 400 false prophets, calling down fire from heaven. He was at the peak of his ministry. And suddenly a woman by the name of Jezebel comes along. And she makes threats towards him. And this great man who's just called down fire from heaven stumbles at one of his last hurdles. And he runs from Queen Jezebel. And he goes into a deep depression in the desert. He even becomes suicidal. If you, any of you know what it's like to experience suicidal thoughts, I had suicidal thoughts before I met Christ. And I tell you what, they're very, very real. As a voice whispers in your ear, there's no point. Why should you carry on? There's nothing left in this world for you. You might as well end it now. You see, that's the devil. He's a liar and he's a thief. And he's been very good at stealing the lives of young New Zealanders in our nation. And it's time for us to stop the lies of the devil and begin to rescue people out from underneath those lies. You see, most of the time, friends, when we stumble, it's because we hit an unexpected pothole on the road of life. If we had, had expected it, we wouldn't have stumbled. It's as simple as that. And we all know uh, what we all know what happens when we hit a pothole. It can do some damage in your life. But the question is, what's going to happen after that? Can you or will you recover from where you were before you hit that pothole? You know, um, the Bible says and warns us that the way of the wicked, Proverbs 4.19 says this, The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. They're clueless. No idea. They don't care. They'll stumble on a regular basis, but they'll never stop and ask the question, why am I stumbling? What's going on in my life that's causing these things to take place within my life? Why is it that I just keep hitting these potholes in my life? The way of the wicked is that they, they have no clue. They don't know why, what, what makes them stumble, and they don't really care. And God wants to change it. You see, the way of the righteous is completely different. Look at this, Proverbs 4.11. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. Listen to this. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. <coughs> Look at that. So God 
saying it's possible when you link your heart with my heart. When you connect with me, I'll show you a way to be sure-footed so that you don't end up keeping on stumbling and making the same mistakes time and time again. How many of you would like to not have to repeat the mistakes within your life? Give me a show of your hand this morning. You know, that should be all of us. Because who, like, who, who keeps like getting battered and battered and battered time and time again until you feel like you're punch drunk? And you keep making the same, same mistakes. It's time to sit down and assess the potholes within our lives. I want us to go to a story in the Old Testament where one man stumbled and it was a very expensive stumble for him. And the situation is there's that King David who's been the king of his own tribe, Judah, for a number of years. Now he's been made the king of all of Israel. And this is what he says, because up until this point in time, Anyone ever heard of the Ark of the Covenant? The Ark of the Covenant was a box overlaid with gold. And on top of it, it had two seraphims, wing, wingtip to wingtip. And inside the box was the Ten Commandments that had been written in by the finger of God into stone. And Aaron's rod that bone. And, uh, and this was the very center of the worship of God's people. And what had happened was that under King Saul... The Philistines had come and they had raided the ark. And the, the ark became the lost ark. And the Philistines took the very central part of the worship of God's people and they stole the ark. David has now been anointed by God. And this is David's principle. And it's a principle for all of us to take hold of today within our life. David said this to himself. The first thing I'm going to do is king. I'm going to bring God back into the central part of the life of the children of Israel. He's going to be part of our worship. He's going to be front and center. I'm not going to have it any other way. So let's go and get the ark off the Philistines and let's bring it back to Jerusalem. Let's have a party. Let's have a dance. Let's have a festival. Let's have food. Let's celebrate together. And so we got everybody together. And he got a brand new cart, brand new wheels to put this Ark of the Covenant on. And he assigned certain people to travel and stand and walk next to the Ark. And this is where we take up 2 Samuel 6, verse 6. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, I want you to take a mental note of that. Uzzah put out his hands to the Ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled. Hello. Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. Expensive pothole. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. Verse 9. David was afraid of the Lord that day. He said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David, but David took it aside into the house of Obadiah the Gittite. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obadiah the Gittite for three months, and the Lord blessed Obadiah and all his household. Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obadiah and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. 
So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obadiah to the city of David with great gladness. And the story goes on. David actually stripped down and he danced just in his undergarments in front of the whole nation, completely aware of an audience of one. He was so taken that God was now the central focus of the nation. He didn't care who was watching, in absolute, pure, undefiled worship, he dances in the streets of Jerusalem as the Ark of the Covenant is brought back to where it should have been, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the right way to do it, not the wrong way, putting God first, putting God center, putting God in the middle of the lives of the people, of the children of Israel. So let's have a little talk, talk about this today. Let's talk about destiny just for a moment. I'm not talking about destiny, church, all right? I'm talking about destiny as in the plan that God has for your life. Many people hear that word and they just think one thing. All right, so I want you to turn that off and I want you to turn on to the word destiny this morning. You see, a lot of people think that life is just a series of accidents, that life is just happenstance, that things just happen by accident within our lives. And people are amazed to find out that actually God actually has a plan. And God actually has a specific purpose for each and every individual life. That you are not just an accident on the way to happen. That your life is a plan and a purpose behind it. Jeremiah 29 11 says this. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good. Did you get that? Yeah. Put that into your spiritual pipe and smoke it this morning. The plans that God has for you are good plans. Plans for good and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Sometimes we can go through life and we think, I don't have a future. You can't see anything in front of you. All you can see is more potholes in the road. All you can see is more bad things happening to you. And you haven't come to understand today. No, that's not God's plan for your life. God actually has a plan of destiny. That means that somebody is in behind your life who can pull some strings and make some changes so that your life is not heading down the path of evil, but plans for good and not for evil. Amen. To get it into your mind and to begin to believe good things are going to happen to me. I want us to say that together this morning. Let's go. Good things are going to happen to me. Reinforce that into your spirit because that's what the Word of God is about. You see, a lot of people don't. A lot of people think that if, if there is a God, He's too busy running the universe, putting the stars in place, keeping the earth spinning at a certain speed. He's too busy with other things to care about me. But I want to tell you, God knows every intimate detail about your life. He's seen you at your worst moments and He still loves you. How good is that? He's seen us at our worst. Many humans have seen, it, seen us at our worst and they never want to have a bar of us again. Amen? But God sees us at our worst and He says, I still love you and I still care for you and I have a plan for your life today. Praise the Lord. And so when we begin to understand that God cares about the small details of our lives, we begin to realize today that there might be a plan much greater than what we ever imagined for our lives. A plan that has a beginning. A plan that has an end. A plan that has a middle part. 
between the beginning and the end. Amen? And this understanding begins to make us realize that we're not alone, but that in fact we're very, very special in the sight of the Lord. That our lives count today. And you know what it helps you to do? When you begin to realize deep down in your heart that God has a good plan for your life, it makes you stop wasting your life. It makes you start using your life in special ways. That you can be blessed to be a blessing to others. That God can begin to work through your life. to Not only for you to experience God's goodness, but through your life, other people will experience His goodness. And come to know. it stops you from, from me, using a life that's misaligned. Do you want know a misaligned life? Is, is that you're on a trajectory that's the wrong trajectory. You're on a path that's going nowhere. And God wants to realign that and shift it. So that you're synchronizing directly into the purpose, the will, and the plans of the one who made you and the one that fashioned you. You're no longer misassigned. You have an assignment. You have a purpose. You have a reason for your existence. I tell you what, that changes everything, friends, when you begin to live your life on purpose. Wow. You know, when you don't know who you are or where you're going, you end up doing all sorts of things with your life. Things that have nothing to do with the plans and the purposes that God actually has for you. It's called wasted days and wasted nights. I'll spare you the song this morning. You're all saying wasted days. You see, friends, wait. And we need to understand this, is that destiny has a destination. That means your life is heading somewhere. If you don't plug into destiny, you have no destination. You end up being aimless. Your life is a matter of just going to work, earning the dollars, paying the rent, buying the groceries, paying your parking fines, paying your speeding fines, which as Christians, of course, we don't have any, just some of us do. Paying your speeding fines. But your life isn't heading anywhere. And then, and then the same routine goes on the next week, the next payday, and the next payday. And you're living an empty life, a life without purpose, a life without direction. And so when you begin to live your life on purpose, friends, you get in the car and you have a destination in mind. Do you remember when you were young? You didn't need a reason to get in the car to go somewhere. It's called joy, right? You would just get in the car. Where should we go? You don't really have anywhere in mind because you were footloose and fancy free and you didn't care the way that you see. What happens is sometimes we never grow up and we're still jumping in the car. We're still winding up the sounds. We're still cranking up the stereo. We're still putting the seat back a notch or two, hands on the wheel and we're cruising down the highway. All right. But we don't know where we're going. There's a slight problem with this picture. There's no destination in mind. Friends, when you know where you're going and you're on your way to get there, only one thing can hamper your pro progress, and that is the unexpected that is just around the corner, that pothole that suddenly appears, the pothole that made the oxen stumble, the pothole that made Uzzah reach out to try and steady the ark, and he lost his life as a result of that unexpected event. You know, King David... The Bible says that when God found David as a young man, he was a teenager. 
He was looking after his dead sheep. All of his older brothers were in the army. He was the youngest. And, uh, and what happened was that as he, as he was looking after his father's sheep, he'd be out there completely on his own, and he'd take his guitar. And he learned how to focus his life in worship upon the Lord. And he became the greatest songwriter of the Bible. Where many, many of the songs in the Bible were written by this young boy who fostered a heart of worship. The Bible says in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, And when God removed Saul, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave this testimony. This is what God said about David. I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all of my will. Do you know what that means? God is actively seeking across the planet hearts that are fully turned towards Him. And when He finds a person that's hungry, when He finds a person that's thirsty, when He finds a person who no longer wants to be going round and round in circles, hitting the same potholes year after year, going round in the same old, same old way, He finds someone who suddenly the light's gone on, somebody's home, and they're hungry and they're thirsty for the living God. And like a magnet, He's attracted towards them. And He says, there's a man, there's a woman whom I can pour my spirit into, a person who has a heart after me. Wow. Friends, that's the beginning of destiny, where suddenly your GPS has a destination on it because you're locked into the one who formed you and made you and who has a special plan for your life. Is there anyone getting a little bit excited this morning? You see, friends, David learned of his predecessor's problem. King Saul had a problem, and this was his problem. King Saul sought for position before presence. In other words, he wasn't locked into a relationship with God. He had a position, but he didn't concern much with the presence. You know what David did? David was a man who sought the presence of God, and as a result, God gave him position. So often we're seeking things we're seeking positions, titles, we're seeking wealth, we're seeking more cars, more houses, we're seeking more comfort. But friends, we're not seeking the presence. When we seek the presence, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, and all these things that the world chase will begin to chase you when you begin to chase God. You won't have to worry about provision in your life. When you put God first in your life, provision will come knocking on your door and say, hello, here I am. The dollars will turn up to pay the bills on time. You might even have some extra in the bank. Why? Because you sought the presence before things, before position, before titles. And this is what happened. This young boy who was wrongly accused of many things who was a fugitive on the run for 10 years, God suddenly elevated him to become a king. And he says, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get this nation back on track. And I'm going to get them into the presence of God. People come to our church and they say, your church is a little bit different to what a lot of churches I've been to. And I say, why is that? And they say, well, you, you know, you clap, you all lift your hands. Sometimes people speak in a strange tongue. But the one thing that I notice here is that there's tears. Sometimes there's shaking going on. Do you know why? Because people are seeking Him 
And when he turns up, something manifests in our body. Do you know what tears are? When we cry in the presence of the Lord, it's a manifestation that God's presence is around your heart. And you know what? When you're squeezed, is what comes out. It's called tears. It's tears. When the presence of God comes around about your life, there's a man, there's an overflow that takes over, and sometimes that's shaking, that's crying, but you'll know that God is here. And friends, I'm not too interested. We're not interested so much. We're interested in people's lives being changed. We're interested in you finding a relationship with God. But we're not here to count numbers. We're here to make sure that you count because you've met Jesus. Amen? That you've experienced the presence of the one who's made himself available through the cross of Jesus Christ today. So David's now locking into his destiny. He's on a mission to bring back God's presence. And his first job is to get that ark into Jerusalem. He knew it was critical. You know, Daniel 11 says this, verse 32, The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. The people who know, not know about Him, the people who know Him, the people who know God, the people who have met God, the people who have introduced their life to Jesus Christ, they have now come to know Him. The Bible says you now have the potential to do great exploits for the kingdom of God. Before you were striving and struggling in your own strength. But now you've met him and you know him. You don't just know about him. You don't just know the Bible. You don't just know the scriptures, but you know him. And as a result, suddenly there is superhuman strength that's been added to your life. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you today. You see, friends, he had to restore God's order in order to get God's blessing. Sometimes we want the blessing without God's order. I want to tell you, it'll never happen. You know why? Because the Bible says, as far as the heavens are above the earth, so far are my ways above your ways. In other words, the way you go about doing things here on the planet is completely different to the way how I run things. And when you click into the way I do things, everything begins to change. And as you allow God's order into your life, I want to tell you, there's a restoration that takes place that people will look at your life and they will be blown away. They'll say, is this the same person? Is this the same man? Is this the same one? Because we've allowed God's order into our situation. So whatever situation you're facing today, whether it be a relationship, a marriage, whether it's finance, whether it's you, if you allow Jesus to become the center in your life, you can be confident of one thing, that if Jesus is in the boat with you, the boat ain't going to sink. If Jesus is in the boat with you, the boat will never sink. And so David was on this destiny, this journey to get the Ark of the Covenant. But David made a mistake. What? I'm singing his praises. He made a mistake. See, we all stumble. And here's the mistake that he made. David had tons of passion and zeal. Amen? Every, you know, we want to sing with passion. We want to pray. I don't want to stand here and go, David had great passion and zeal. 
he was very excited about the things of God. And I hope that you will get excited about the things of God with me. David was passionate about his relationship with God. He had zeal, but he lacked one thing in this situation. He lacked wisdom. So he went about with a fervency and he went about with a passion, but he forgot to ask God one question. How do you want me to bring the ark back to Jerusalem? He used his own thinking because when the ark was taken from Jerusalem, do you know how it was taken? On a cart, the same way that David has now got a cart to bring it. Yes, he got a new cart, brand new wheels, probably had mags, mag wheels, mag wheel cart. He got the ark, he put this on this brand new cart, but he forgot that Leviticus and Numbers teaches that when you transport the ark, you've got to put the wooden staves through the handle on either side of the ark. And the ark is to be carried by specially assigned priests, not put on the back of a cart that's been pulled by an ox. But it was such a long way for them to walk. Doesn't matter. My ways are not your ways. God had a way, God had a method, and David took his own methodology and tried to apply it to the situation. Yes, he was passionate. Yes, he was zealous. We can be passionate and zealous. And then things start falling over and go, what's wrong, what's wrong? You see, friends, you're doing it your way. You might have a love for God, you might have a passion for God, but God's ways stick. They're eternal. He says, I am the Lord and I change not. I'm not going to change my ways just to suit you. Even in this great situation where the whole nation is involved, everybody's there. Do you know how embarrassed David must have felt? We know that the Bible says he was angry. He's based, this is David saying, I'm trying to do a good thing, Lord, and you strike this man dead for putting his hand on the ark. And, and, and right at this point in time, David does a thing that we all need to do, friends. When we hit those unexpected bumps in the road, we need to understand this. You see, you can hit a lot of small potholes. Where I come from, I come from farming. I come from hill country farming area. Most of the roads I learned to grow on, grow up, learned to drive growing up on, were gravel roads. And we had a lot of potholes. And we became experts in navigating our way at certain speeds around uh, our gravel roads, potholes, hanging the back out when you're young, you know, getting, getting around those roads. But inevitably, you come around the corner and there was no way you could actually miss that pothole. If you're going to miss it, you're going to drive off the road. And when you hit a big pothole, you just don't carry on driving. You've got to stop the car. And you see, this is what David did. He hit a massive pothole in the road and a man lost his life. David is now suffering the pain of loss and grief. All of you here today who have lost loved ones, mothers, fathers, parents, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, you know the pain of what grief can do within your, well, a loss of a relationship, when you've been separated from somebody and you can no longer be. There is pain in that loss. And that pain will cause all sorts of emotional turmoil in your life. When you hit a big pothole in your road, you've got to stop the car and you've got to pull over. If you carry on, you need to understand the wheels may come off. You need to understand that your suspension could be broken. And you don't just mindlessly continue down the road. You've got to stop and assess the damage and see what is wrong and what has taken place 
within your life. The Bible says that David said, I, I, ain't, I ain't shifting this thing anywhere. Do you know what he did? The nearest house, the nearest house, Obadiah and the Gittite, pretty cool name, Gittite, the Gittite, Obadiah. Yeah, I like these names. Obadiah, the Gittite. He takes the ark to the Gittite's house. And he says, I've hit, a, I've hit a pothole in the road. I've got to stop the car. I'm not going to take, I don't want any more loss of, I don't want any more loss in my life. You know, if you carry on, you are in danger of further loss in your life because you haven't stopped to see why this happened and what went wrong. What are some of the potholes you may have experienced? A divorce, <coughs> downsizing a business, loss of a loved one, children going off the rails, a bad business deal, maybe even a moral failure within your life. Friends, let me tell you something. If you've just got a divorce and the very next week you go out on a date, you haven't stopped the car long enough to assess the damage. And if you continue in that relationship, it's probably heading into the same territory that your last relationship began to. Has anybody got the reason on this morning? You haven't stopped to assess the reason why you got there in the first place. And so as the Ark of the Covenant hit the pothole, the people panicked. And sometimes, friends, we get hysterical. When we hit a pothole, sometimes we get hysterical. We become like the little, little red hen. The, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. And we panic and we, we hit that panic button in our lives. And we just need to stop, take a few deep breaths, get some good people around you. Good people around you who can speak into your life and allow a, a time of healing to come on. We can just understand this as I finish this message this morning. We can understand a little bit further about what happens here when we understand. You know, every word in the Bible is put there for a reason. Did you know that? God just didn't get the old dartboard out and just throw a whole lot of stuff out there in, in the Bible. Every single word in the Bible is there. For a meaning and for a purpose. Where was this place that this event took place? Look at this. Verse 6. And they came to Nacon's threshing floor. Do you know what happens at the threshing floor? The wheat gets pulverized. Ouch. It's a place of separating the wheat from the chaff. Separating that which has got substance in your life and that which has no place within your life. It's a place of testing. And David was sorely tested at this place. And God will give each and every one of us in our lives opportunity to stop at the threshing floor so he can do a brand new work within your heart. You just got to stop long enough so God can catch up with you. You just 
just got to stop long enough to allow the Holy Spirit to do a fresh work within you. You've got to stop long enough to look in the mirror. You've got to stop long enough to actually let some assessment take place. Don't just keep going hell and skelter within your life. You're just going to come up for more pain, more loss, and more suffering. You don't want to go around that mountain and around that mountain again and again and again. It's time to assess the damage the potholes are causing within our life. And you know what else I've discovered about potholes? This is what I've discovered. You, you, you hit a pothole, you're down in that pothole, and the devil starts saying this to you. You're never going to get healed. You're always going to be. You're always going to be angry. You're always going to be a person of no substance. You're always going to be a person that can never hold a relationship together. And the devil, because the Bible says the devil is a liar. Come on. The Bible says in John ten ten, the thief has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. If you believe in God today, you've got to believe in His arch enemy, the devil. And the devil is out to make human beings life a misery. Do you know why? Because when the devil gets back at a human, he's getting back at God. The most damage that the devil can cause the heart of God is by distorting his creation, hurting his creation. So the devil is going to always have a go at you. And he's going to try and rob. He's going to try and steal from you. He's going to try and destroy your life. But praise God that Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might live it to abundance in the mighty name of Jesus. So your car gets repossessed. And the devil tells you, you're never going to have a car again. Over the top, eh? He's over the top. Or you've got divorced and the, and the devil tells you, you're never going to get married again. You're never going to have a time where you'll ever be happy in your life again. You get laid off at work and the devil says, you're going to be unemployed for the rest of your life. He just loves to lie. To kick you while you're down in that pothole that you can't even feel like you can crawl out of that space because your mind has been assaulted by the lies. Friends, let me tell you this. David's still feeling the pain three months later. He's almost ready to give up because somebody died. It was a serious situation. But I want to say this. He was passionate when this pothole hit the road. He lost his passion because of the pain. Now put your ears on for a minute. Many of us are still carrying pain. And until you're healed from the pain, you're not going to find your passion for God again. You need to be restored, healed from that pain. And you know what's going to pop up? Fresh passion. Fresh love for God. A new day dawning within your life. Because God has done something David had a moment like that in his own life. Years later after this event, Psalm 51, he wrote this. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Friends, God isn't a miser. His, na his name's not Scrooge McDuck. God is a generous God who has a generous spirit, who loves to generously restore and put back into your life and put you back on track and get you going in the direction and the destiny that he's called you to. 
He said, status is restored to me. He knew it was possible. And it's possible for you today as you listen to this message. David begins to see some, well, he's heard. He said, have you heard about the watermelons that opened his house? They're like tractor wheels. They're so huge because we heard the ark got stored in his house. But now he's growing watermelons that are as big as tractor wheels. And the, and the, the wheat, the harvest, every single paddock, it's got triple heads of grain on every store. There's just an overflowing and abundance. David listens to what's going on. And he suddenly realizes that it's time to move again and do it properly. And praise God, he corrected his mistake. He went back to the law and discovered this is the way you carry. Doing it my way, the ways of God. Not just carrying on thinking that you've got the way sorted out. Doing it God's way. He does it God's way. He gets God's blessing. He brings the ark back into Jerusalem. They had an incredible festival. And worship is restored back into the heart of the children of Israel. I want to encourage you this morning to get a jack-in-the-box spirit in your life. Every time the devil slams the lid back down on you, when that lid opens up, you need to pop up again. Amen? You need to pop up and allow the power of God to come back into your life and to allow the healing of Jesus Christ to restore your life back to where God intended to be. Could we stand to our feet as we finish this message this morning?